Savior. I don't know who was taking those orders, but welcome to Let's Be Real. Our next episode after that, June 10th, part two. Um, we don't call July 4th over here. How y'all fellas doing, man? Doing well, doing well. I got a good, surprisingly, so I'm taking full advantage of rest I've time. Had, I've had a five-day weekend, sir. I've had a five-day weekend. It's been cool. I'm trying to flex like that. Let me see if I can change my name from flexing like Penny to flexing like Trevor. <laughs> hey, number good vibes out here, dog. So hopefully, by the end of the next few weeks, we'll have a championship area, so you're welcome. Yeah, I was just about to ask you too. What's the vibe? Oh, sorry. What's the vibe out there? Because you out there in Phoenix. I don't see more Phoenix Suns jerseys than anything, bro. Like the people are ready. The, the turn up is real. Like it's straight. <laughs> it's straight. Dope, dope, dope. Well, speaking of real, let's get right to it. Um, let's start with our real talk segment. Um, ladies and gentlemen, now listen, we have a few things that we need to discuss. Um, and first and foremost at the top is a, a queen um, that was just handed her crown earlier um, in June um, and kind of stripped of that is Ms. Shikari Richardson um, and being found, well, tested positive for marijuana um, and had a 30 day, you know, have to be sitting out type of deal, um, but can still advance and be a part of the four by one and four by two relays. Uh, but just want to get you guys this talk. We'll start with Skylar and go uh, to and then close up with Trevor. What are your thoughts about Shikari Richardson and this whole thing coming out here in the past couple of days, last week? Uh, definitely was, um, as the news came across my phone, as, it, as the news kind of blew up um, early this week, um, I think I was more so, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Shocked. Um, and it wasn't more, it wasn't necessarily about, you know, her testing positive or for, um, basically her not passing her drug test. It was more so, I think the bigger news is the fact that, you know, she, you know, she's being pulled out of the Olympics because of weed, because of marijuana. For me, that's the bigger story, right? I think, you know, as, you know, I think I've seen news articles where I think maybe like Amazon, I don't want to necessarily put it on Amazon, but I believe that was the company that, you know, they're doing away with drug testing for marijuana. For, for things like that. I think, you know, as there are many people out here, probably way more than a lot of people think, use marijuana for whatever different reasonings. And, you know, in no shape, form or fashion, does, you know, when, when athletes use it in sports, it is, is it giving them, you know, some form of uh, competitive edge over the other person? Um, so it was definitely sad. It was definitely some, you know, sad news. Um, it was really, you know, I was kind of just depressed at the fact that, you know, she can't run at the Olympics. Somebody who literally just, I think she set the world record um, for the 100 meters. So for somebody who just set the world record, um, can, in I, the meter day, can I just interrupt just a real quick? She was top six all time fastest mm -hmm. record. Mm -hmm. That's in American country, Man, that's really. Afghanistan, that's mm -hmm. Iowa, that's all that. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, no, no, I appreciate that for, for adding context. I just, it, 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 it's, it's saddening that, you know, someone of her stature, a black woman at that, like I said, who just set a record, isn't able to perform, you know, in the Olympics um, um, for, you know, not passing a drug test. And we and we all kind of know, like, what like what was the reasoning um, as to why she, you know, smoked weed. But, who, I mean, really, I don't care as to why she, you know, she did it. 
um, uh, that's not person. That's not for us to get in her business like that. It's just sad that you know that we're and I don't want to hear about no rules or rules. And you know, she knew what she was doing. At the end of the day, we all it's, I won't say we all, but a lot more people use weed or use marijuana for whatever different reasons. And there's no, you know, we don't shame any other person for that, so we shouldn't blame her for what she did. Man, straight up, bro. Um, I think at this point, hopefully America and the rest of the world catches up with, you know, states like California and Colorado and places that are literally, you know, making millions, if not billions of dollars from a plant that's grown from the ground. And we talk about Shikari, uh, Lito, I'm not sure if you knew, but she, you know, her reasoning for smoking was because she was coping with the death of the mother. Like when we saw how she felt, you know, at her race, you know, when she had her mother on her mind, but still was able to break a world record. And I think that this fact and this point is that a lot of athletes that she'll be or she would have been competing against would have, you know, would have actually preferred that because you're competing against the best in the world. And now you're literally taking the best out of the world because of a plant that she uses to cope. Like if you study marijuana, like it don't make you faster. It don't help. It should not be on the list of of, of those of those BS uh, rules, bro. I'm sorry to cut you off. Too. If anything, it makes you move a lot more slower. That's just from what I've heard. It's supposed to do, right? <laughs> Apparently, yeah, 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 yeah. My friend told me. I heard the same thing from a friend. Yeah, I heard the same thing from a friend. Okay. Hey, man. According to the, the the slander and the propaganda that has been used against cannabis since the '70s, it's supposed to make us slower, dumber, and reaction time just a whole lot slower. And Shakari broke all of those things in just one. So, I mean. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's, I don't want to say it's racism because I, I did try to bring the fact up on social media that it kind of was the same thing with Michael Phelps. I was told wrong, but I kind of think that it is. But, you know, that's another debate for another day. But, you know, Shakari Richardson, I think that, you know, I don't think this was the first time she used weed. I don't think it'll be the last time. I just think that it's something that America has to do. And, you know, Japan and all these other countries need to catch the hell up because we shouldn't even be testing for marijuana at this one and might as well test for for the basketball players and everything but you know it is what it is and she lives in a legal state so what the hell are we doing here okay well first and foremost before i even provide my take on here we're gonna give this queen her flowers the very least we can do as a podcast is pronounce this woman's name correctly it's not shikari it's shikari richardson so I just want to clear that up now. Let it be known. Let it be known. <laughs> so that's first you, and foremost. Um, second, as far as this whole thing is concerned, you guys hit the nail on the head as far as why are we still testing athletes for marijuana? But I'm going to put – I know Conspiracy 2 is Conspiracy 2. I'm going to put my Claiborne Trevor um, hat on for just a second. Um, this has nothing to do with your carrier weed. This is – our uh, Mayo confidants trying to uh, make an example. So I take you guys back to just a little over a week ago uh, to the U.S. Olympic uh, track and field competition with the women's hammer throw. Uh, there was a woman by the name of Gwendolyn Berry, who, um, of course, she placed third in the women's hammer throw. And as they played the national anthem, she kind of just stood there with her hand on her hip. And then she had the shirt on that says uh, activist athlete in protest of the anthem and of course when they asked her about it or about why she protested the anthem she said that she was disgusted so and then lo, lo, lo and behold just a few days later this news with Shakari comes out 
uh, about testing positive for for marijuana. So I'm looking at it from a standpoint of this is uh, our again our Mayo confidant is trying to make an example because if Gwen did what she did, what's to say that Shakari is going to do something even bigger that may quote unquote embarrass the country? Which it wouldn't have been the case. I would have been all for whatever she would have done, but. I just think that's just them setting, trying to set an example, make an example out of somebody. Unfortunately, it had to be Shakari. Uh, fortunately, she won't be able to do the 100, but she'll still be able to compete. So she'll still be able to bring home the gold um, for the U.S. But all in all, man, when you do you know what way? What way she'll participate in? Because I thought she was just not completely. No, she, she won't do the. She can still do the four by, I think it was the four by one and the four by two, I believe. She won't be able to do the straight 100 where she uh, qualified in. Mm. Yeah. So, but yeah, again, just, but you guys hit the nail on the head as far as the uh, marijuana industry. Like, when is the rest of the world going to wake up? When is the rest of America going to wake up? Because uh, it's a billion dollar industry at this point. And. Yeah. Here's my here's my question to those who were saying rules are rules. Um, is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? Because you can't sit here and advocate for all black people to be expunged for being locked up because of marijuana possession or usage or intent to sell. And then Shakari gets caught testing positive for weed and then just turn around and say, Well, rules are rules, you should have known better. So is it Uchiwali or is it one mic? That's all I got to say. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so ooh, let me try to close this up and bring facts as well. <laughs> um, first of all, as I tell people that are, are high school seniors getting ready to be freshmen in college, first of all, we have to realize also this young lady is not 30, 35. She hasn't went even through her 20s yet. She was born in 2000. So she's either 20 or 21 right now, right? And let's just think about it. We all made mistakes when we were in college, period, point blank. And a lot more mistakes were made on skin colors that are not the same as the ones that we see right now on screen. Um, but nonetheless, um, she did what she did. And, you know, for whatever reasons it could have been. But I want to run some numbers by you. Oh, before I get to that, you have two sets of friends, friends that you can go out and be sociable with and friends that will keep you accountable. And more times than not, the friends that are sociable are going to outweigh or outlet. Like there's more of those people than there are there are people that are going to keep you responsible for what you need to do. Very, very rarely do you get a mesh where you have someone that's going to be sociable and keep you accountable. That's part of the same circle. Usually those circles are different. Right. And so to me, I think Shikari should also Shikari, excuse me. Um, Shikari should also be thinking about, you know, the friends that she's around um, and being a part of um, and hold her accountable. Um, She's actually on a different platform than everyone else. She's not just a regular college student or athlete. She's an Olympian. Um, and so Olympians do need to carry themselves a certain way. Now, let's run some numbers uh, because we're going to be real about this. You talked about the industry of marijuana. Uh, the medical marijuana industry in 2017 grossed over $5.1 billion in revenue. That means that's the profit that they made from making marijuana medically okay. Within the first two years, it exceeded its projections by over $20 million. That's in the first two years. By 2025, gentlemen, that's in four years, this is projected to be a $13.5 billion industry in revenue alone. That's if we still stay the ununified states of America that we are. 
There are 36 states. say what they have to do with like states opening and legalizing. So it's the same rate, same states. So as long as the same states are doing what they're doing, that's how much we can have. That is until we open up those other states that are not as quite open as they should be right now for medical marijuana purposes. So people getting paid behind the scenes, as we already know. Um, but it, it sucks when, you know, these things come to light. Um, and it and you have to just carry yourself a certain way. It's very unfortunate. We know she's going to clean up in the four by one and four by two. Um, this is a great feel good story. And I don't want us to drop the ball on how great of a story this can and will be for her and her family and for anyone else that is, you know, going to be in the Olympics or aspiring to be in the Olympics. Um, now, I do want to close that chapter because we do have a lot to talk about with Real Talk um, and then kick it over to my good brother, Took, um, about some college athletes. What's going on? Speaking of college athletes, let's talk about college athletes. You know, some people strive to be Olympians and some people strive to just go to college and some people try to strive for college athletes. But now college athletes can strive to get a bag a thousand years later. So the NCAA, the Not Cool at All Association League, whichever we, uh, way you prefer, finally are allowing athletes to get paid and actually have a couple of athletes that are getting sponsorships already. Uh, we got Hannah and Haley Cavendier from Fresno State uh, who have a partnership with Boost Mobile. Um, Bo Nix from Auburn Football, Milo Sweet Tea, said it's delicious. Um, Sean Silvers from the same school, Auburn, um, has a partnership with Yoke, which is uh, pretty much a platform that will allow gamers and athletes to be able to play against each other on games. So I'm pretty sure Let's Be Real going to get into involved with that some point, uh, sometime. And also Gabe Steve, Gable Stevenson um, has a partnership with GoPuff, which is a delivery service. So pretty much it sounded like a bunch of up and coming uh, businesses are using the college platform and the college athletes to promote their brand. But gentlemen, it's about time. How do y'all feel about this? Let's start off with Sheely Skyler in the intro. Uh, very simply stated on in your intro, sir. Um, way too late. Not way too late, but I mean, you know, years later, right? Um, think of the money that Vince Young could have made. Um, and I'm thinking I'm talking for you for Texas, right? Um, Reggie Bush and others, and I know we might get to you know the Reggie Bush part of it as well. Um, but for those that have never had an athletic scholarship or know what it's like to be in college as an athlete, you can't do and make any money doing anything. Like you're either at practice, at school, or you're in study tables, or you're traveling for that particular sport. There is no time to actually financially make yourself money to do stuff outside your, your, you know, your time, if it's not basketball season or football season. And so this is a great platform for them because, you know, kids are doing other things. I mean, you know, boosters were playing people, you know, and Skyler's favorite school in Alabama. Um, and that's still happening. You know, it's not going to be under table now. It's going to be over the table, so to speak. And so, like, that's just where we're at. Um, and I'm just glad that, you know, athletes are getting paid and everyone gets an opportunity to do this, too. Um, it's not just, you know, your main sports. Um, so kudos to those people that swim, gymnastics, a lot of other stuff that y'all gonna get paid for, as you should. Because if someone has an academic scholarship, they can actually still get paid to do stuff while in college. So this is great for athletes, if you ask me. Yeah, I believe it's great for athletes. But, too, let's, you know, if we're going to be real about it, let's point out the fact that, you know, the NCAA, it wasn't necessarily them that, you know, that pushed everything forward for this to happen. It was more so, you know, state legislation, uh, state government. So I think like California, Florida, um, Texas was up there. 
they were more so pushing the envelope to make this happen. The NCAA was like, I mean, I guess we ain't got no, we ain't got no choice but to do it, right? Because I think you you can't have you know all these schools that's a part of the NCAA, and you can't have you know all these schools in, in California, Texas, and Florida, you know, being able to pay their players. But you know, schools in Tennessee or Alabama, whatever the case may be, they weren't able to do so. So that's why all of this happened as fast as it did. The NCAA has always had the you know they've always had the platform. They've always had you know the resources to put this to push this forward but they've always been selfish they were always they were always trying to make you no know, keep keep all the money that you know that was going into these these different programs and stuff like that so definitely wanted to point that out but I, it's just a, I'm I'm glad that it's happening cuz to your point CD like it's amazing how that everybody you know on the on the college campus can make money can go can go out and go get a job can you know you know can can do all this do all these type of things to you know make money but college athletes, the people that, you know, in a sense, are part, they're a big part of the reason why buildings get put up, you know, why, you know, U of M just got a, um, a new um, a new rec center put up. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, you know, students like me and you two who went to U of M that was able to fund that, right? So it's good to finally be able to, you know, see those players, you know, get something for, you know, for bringing all that money into the into these college programs because coaches can get that money. You know, athletic directors can can get all their money. Schools can get their money. But at the end of the day, if I'm, you know, if I'm out here, you know, putting up 20 points a game or I'm out here putting, you know, throwing 50 touchdowns a game and I get nothing from that or I get like a $200 stipend, like that's not cool. So I'm glad that they were, you know, whoever, you know, was able to put this decision together, they were able to, you know, get it done and get it done as quickly as they could. Yeah, I'll just echo those same intimates. I think when that Supreme Court ruling came out in favor of athletes being able to get paid, you saw how quickly all the dominoes fell to where players can now uh, use their their brand and their likeness to uh, earn to earn uh, extra income while they're in college. Shout out to Spencer Rattler from the quarterback from Oklahoma. He got a endorsement uh, deal from Raising Kane. So shout out to him. That's that's what's up. I'm just waiting on see which Tigers gonna get their wing guru. Uh, sponsorship let's just be real so uh but yeah this has been a long time coming man um i think one story that i heard was was from uh miami's uh quarterback year king to where he wasn't happy that this is happening because now he can help his teammates out because there's a lot of college athletes that are same skin skin color as us that usually will have those stipends back in the day and will have to send those back home just so their families can keep everything afloat. And now that, you know, players are able to profit off the name and likeness and everything, this could be, uh, this could be major. So um, I'm excited. I'm happy for him. Uh, and shout out to Masterpiece on for, for making $2 million before even. Yes, sir. Uh, That's why I forgot. Before it. even. At yeah, TSU. Yeah, shout out to him for making two million right off the bat. So, man, I'm happy. And this means the NCAA uh, football game is coming back for sure now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm happy for him. Kudos. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking of football, I think this is one of the one of the ways that the NCAA and uh, the endorsers will be able to keep, um, you know, college players actually to go to a, a bowl game, right? Because we see a lot of athletes skipping a bowl game to, you know, prepare for the draft or whatever, whatnot. But now it's like if you get promoted. Let's say you're going to the Chick uh, Chick Fil A bowl. You get you know promoted by Chick Fil A. That's another bag. So it's like yeah, I might want to play this game, you know, or even for like the basketball uh, basketball players like choosing. Well, with a G League, like that'll help. Um, we, we're keeping the college basketball. The, 
the school is actually getting that money on that. I don't think that's more so. Now, if there's a way the players can get cut in for that, I think it would pretty much more synthesize than the play. I don't think it's really going to change anything for bowl season. Unless it's the New Year's Six now with the college football playoff expanding. Uh, but, yeah, I don't see that actually changing. That's Because that money that, that they're paying these sponsors for, like the Chick-fil-A Bowl and things of that nature, that's going to the schools still. Um, so, like I said, unless the players are getting cut oh, in. I think, I think now the ball is in, not, no pun intended, of course, but the ball is in the player's hand because if you come in with a half a half a mil, a million followers on Instagram or whatever, like I think that's that can be used as a negotiation tactic as well. But let, let, come, let, let's 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 be real here too, and it, and I'm just I'm just looking at it devil's advocate from the perspective mm-hmm. of the school. If Chick Fil A is giving me X amount of we'll say a mil, and mm-hmm. I have to give two hundred and fifty thousand to a student because he has a huge uh, social media following. You're gonna you're gonna as as a school administrator, you're gonna be willing to par with that two fifty. You're gonna have like, to, or they, or they won't go. And then, like, when the coach is there trying to recruit the student in front of their parents or whatever, that can also be used as, as leverage, especially especially for, I'm like for the sports like basketball, you know, per se. Okay, but then like, at this point, if I'm the if I'm the player doesn't go, it really doesn't hurt the school that much. The school would be like, okay, he won't he won't go, he just won't go. We'll just pocket the one million, and then he's probably um, gonna go. He's probably gonna go pro anyway, so. Hey, thank you for your time. Still not going to do changing the game, changes the game. Yeah, I, I hear your, your go perspective. Ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, Skyler. Before uh, two closes out, go ahead. Yeah, and I think another thing that I want to, another point of view that I want us to look at this from is, you know, when it comes to college basketball and recruiting, you know, now that players are now able to be paid for the name, image, and likeness, like now you're maybe start to see some of those top players that were probably going to G League. You know, they were probably, you know, like, okay, I'll just, you know, forego going to college. I'll just make my money, you know, going to the G League. You may start to see some of those players give it, you know, give college a second look now. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I think that's something that I want us to look at, too. And who's at the head of the curve? Yay! And we'll get to that later. Speaking of that, I want to close out by asking this. Speaking of the U of M, shout out to my Tigers. Will the NCAA finally give us our 2008 banner? Will Reggie Bush finally get his Heisman? Real quick, y'all can answer that. Let's move on. I will hope so. No next questions you already know the answer to. They should. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to put that. Passing the past. <laughs> they should. That's that's all I'm going to say. They should. No, all right. Yeah. What, 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 what one of my favorite analysts find herself into, bro? Because I'm, I'm kind of hurt, to be honest. <laughs> I, can't I can't even count, bro. I'm, I'm kind of oh, hurt. Oh, man. So for those that weren't popping firecrackers or on the grill yesterday, um, a New York Times article reached the uh, masses yesterday and revealed that uh, Rachel Nichols of ESPN's The Jump uh, activated her Karen powers, if you will, uh, to basically – for lack of a better term, shoot down Maria Taylor. And this audio clip that surfaced was from a year ago when Rachel Nichols got word that Maria Taylor would be uh, working the finals as opposed to her. And the, the, the audio clip is it's on the internet. It's pretty damning, if you will. Basically, just to sum it up, Rachel Nichols basically said that Maria Taylor is where she is, is you know, only because she's black and ESPN is trying to clean up its image because of their lack of diversity 
And then the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter was referenced as well. Uh, I'm not going to get too much into it. Um, but of course, uh, I just want to get you guys the thoughts on Rachel Nichols at this point. Uh, we can keep the same order. We can go Sheedy Schuyler and then Toop on uh, Rachel Nichols and um, this whole ordeal. So, Yeah, so Rachel Nichols just, just said what has literally been going on just behind closed doors. Was she wrong for what she said? Yeah, she was wrong um, for what she said. But let's be honest here and let's be real. She's not the only one who think or thought that was acceptable one to say or two to even believe. Um, and let's actually not let's not even go further than schools. Right. Let's talk about University of Memphis, uh, MTSU. I went to Ohio University. There are certain scholarships that are for what? Colored people only. It's called all this started to stem about from what's called affirmative action for you guys that are like in the early 2000s being born. Go ahead and dust off that water behind your ear and do your research about affirmative action and why that was put into play. And so was she wrong? Yes. But the wrong thing here is that this is still happening. This is still a thing. And besides looking at someone's credentials, we're looking at the color of their skin first and then seeing if the credentials fit, so to speak. So it's like, oh, yeah, so she's black. Okay, well, let's now look at her resume. And it shouldn't even be a, a, a thought about her color. Maria Taylor's been doing what she's been doing and been very well at it for years. Um, and she should have been up for this no matter her skin color. And again, also to, I want to make sure I'm clear about this for us African-Americans, nothing is ever going to be handed to us. Um, and so we have to understand that we're going to dig deeper than our counterparts that don't look like us. And so, yes, this is a slap in the face to us. Yes. However, this is also what you've been dealing with all your life. It's just different to hear from someone else's you know, I guess platform. And also Rachel Nichols, you need to use your platform better. You know this is going on. So for you not to step up and use your platform and say how bad this is about diversity, you could have came back and said something about that right after this came out and tried to, I don't want to say explain yourself, just maybe where you're at now in your life. Um, but if that happened a year ago, ladies and gentlemen, let's not go on wood. A year ago was what? Black Lives Matter. Around this time, by the way, too. Passing it over, I'm sorry. No, you're good. I, and I, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, Chidi. And I think I've kind of, as I read the articles, I kind of took that as like some form of jealousy from Rachel Nichols towards Maria Taylor. Like for somebody who, because Maria Taylor, to your point, Chidi, has worked her ass off to go from, I believe she was on a volleyball scholarship at Georgia, if I'm not mistaken. And she's worked her way up from like from college game day to you know, where she is now. You the know, mud. She got out the yeah. mud. <laughs> exactly. So, to, you know, for her to go from where she was to now, you know, hosting NBA Countdown, like, and for for uh, for Rachel Nichols to kind of say what she said, I kind of took that as shade. And I kind of took that as, you know, she was more so worried about, you know, Maria Taylor taking her spot, which, I mean, at the end of the day, just work harder, right? Like, if you were so worried about, you know, what Maria Taylor got going on or her potentially taking your spot, whatever the case may be, then just work harder. Um, but it was it was definitely, you know, disheartening for, you know, someone of Rachel Nichols, um, her status to, you know, say what she said about, about Maria Taylor. And you will just be hoping that, you know, from a woman that, again, Rachel Nichols, she kind of worked her way up and got to, you know, where she is, she was. You would think that she would have more nicer things to say um, about this whole ordeal and, you know, kind of not push Maria Taylor like down like that. I think that was the thing that I was kind of like 
dang to like to what you just said to somebody that we got like okay we can actually you know get down with Rachel Nichols but for her to say what she said about Maria Taylor was like dang I don't even know if I can rock with you like that no more uh, I this definitely changed how I looked at Rachel Nichols because to be honest with you I was probably one of her biggest fans watching her on um on, on the uh, what's that the nation sports nation like that's one of my favorite sports shows on ESPN to watch period and it's because of her personality her charismatic you know you know being able to connect with players and that's like now you coming out at a black woman speaking your mind you know freedom of speech whatever but it's like you you it's a slap in the face for the black people that supported you because we have our sister who damn sure deserved a job you know and this was a year ago right <laughs> this was in 2020 so shout out to ESPN for for hiring this crap for the last year and i actually did a little bit of research um and according to the new york times the only person known to be punished was kayla johnson a digital video producer who told espn human resources that she had sent to the, the video to taylor johnson johnson uh kayla johnson was also black was suspended for two years without two weeks without pay and was later given less desirable tasks at work so we see espn taking advantage of the moment and let this go right before the NBA finals about, you know, one of the more, more popular uh, analysts and hosts in the NBA. So, I mean, conspiracy took a nine, bro. It's, it's, a, it's a hand well played by ESPN. Um, I don't see any, I, honestly, regardless, I don't see any backlash about from ESPN that'll be given to Rachel Nichols, unfortunately, but Rachel Nichols will have to sit back and see, you know, Maria Taylor take on a job that she wanted to do, you know, since her career started. So, I mean, karma is is real. We're looking at it right now. So, salute to Maria Taylor for holding this down. You know, let's be real. Black Lives Matter. But Rachel Nichols, I'm I'm, I'm disappointed. From a fan, I'm disappointed. Yeah. This wouldn't have that turn of sports. I'll say that. Hmm. Anyway, but just one one quick thing uh, to, to kind of play on your whole conspiracy thing. I don't know if you guys remember, and I read up on this, and I completely forgot about it. There was an article that ESPN had put out about Maria Taylor because her contract with ESPN is actually up this year, and how they was pointing her out to be a quote-unquote diva because she turned down a $5 million, um, I guess, extension to stay with ESPN, and she stated that she wanted Stephen A. money, which, of course, I didn't really pay too much of mine into that. And it was kind of brought up a little bit uh, by Jalen Rose on, on just a little bit on um, as they was preparing. I think it was game six of Clippers and Suns when he's like, yo, Rachel, I mean, not Rachel, but uh, Maria Taylor needs a bigger payday. So ESPN has done well, per se, of hiding all this. And I think with everything that's transpired that's come out now, I think they're just doing damage control at this point to um, kind of mitigate everything. But from one thing in the past to another thing in the past so just recently uh, we did have a few coaching hires in the nba um two in particular that really drew a lot of controversy if you will uh was the hire was the portland trailblazers hiring chauncey billups as their new head coach and the dallas mavericks hiring jason kidd as their head coach uh, the reason those were controversial is because a lot of speculation were for Becky Hammond, of course, a longtime assistant with the San Antonio Spurs, to be right at the helm to land a head coaching gig. And when the hires were made for these two teams and she wasn't one of the uh, names called, all of a sudden 
we get something that's we have something way from the past 20 years in the past uh surface up from chauncey billups and jason kidd um it was a 97 incident when chauncey was a rookie with the celtics of a sexual assault case to which it went to civil court in which he was held responsible for that didn't really do any time or anything and then there was another spousal abuse uh act allegation against jason kidd back in 2001 so my question is uh to you guys is do you feel at this point in time today that chauncey billows and jason Kidd? i know chauncey has since had his press conference but even then do you feel that they should just answer for these allegations that had just come i wouldn't necessarily say right out the blue but just kind of weirdly just so happened to appear just right after they had received the job as head yeah. coach of their respective teams yeah, I, I'll jump in real quick to say this. I think the, the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, during Chauncey Billows' uh, press conference, you know, as he was getting the job, like PR or public relations totally shut every question down about, you know, like ab about his sexual assault, which looks even worse. Right. I think if you like let the man explain himself, like let you know if he. You know, I feel like, you know, as public relations, like you were, I think their job is to get him ready for questions like that. And one, it seems like one, they didn't do that too. It looks, like I said, it looks even worse that every time that question was, you know, brought up or, you know, somebody wanted to ask questions about that, about that specific um, situation, they totally shut it down, which makes it look that much worse. Um, I mean, I, I think, you know, for the most part, I'm a man of, you know, second chances. I believe everybody in life deserves a second chance. So I'm pretty sure what Chauncey Billups did, whether it was 10, 15, five years ago, whatever the case may be, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's remorseful of it. And, you know, he's willing to, you know, um, do whatever that he can, to, you know, you know, to make up for that wrongdoing. It just looks really bad on the trailblazers part that they literally shut every question down and they wouldn't even let him answer it. When it seemed as if he had, you know, he was willing to, you know, go into depth or, you know, at least answer questions about it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think at this point, it's something that happened 20 years ago. If you were to ask me and if I was trying to say, I'm like, yeah, it happened 20 years ago. I paid my dues. I paid my debts. You know, me and the woman have moved on. And now you're actually having to put in both situations, right? You have to bring up old scars for these women. And the, the sports media have a great knowledge of doing such things. Like we paid attention to Derrick Rose's amazing season last season, but we have analysts talking about his allegations, you know. Um, even when Kobe was passing, we had dumbass his, his allegations, right? So I'm like, this is this is this is what they do at this point. Um, like you said, Lito, you hit it right on the head. Uh, Chauncey should have been given a chance to give a one-word answer, which I would have gave. Is like I, I moved on. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Peace out. Like, how, how can I help? This? How can I help Dame bring a championship to this city? How can I help? You know, Luka Doncic bring a championship to Dallas. You know, that should be the main focus. Period. Instead of you know, 20 years ago or what you know, some wrongdoings that they did. Like, you know, that that I'm 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 not I'm not tripping, man. This is something I kind of expected from from the sports media, but you know, it's not us that's in the room, so it is what it is. Yeah, listen. When you take a shovel and you go into the ground, you start digging, you're going to find something, um, no matter if it's a rock, no matter if it's a million dollars, you're going to find something when you start digging. Um, and so they found something. And I don't remember this hindering Chauncey Bills from having a career, let alone in the NBA, let alone a coaching career that was with the Clippers before they got bounced. I don't recall this information coming out about Jason Kidd as he was leading the Bucks. To back-to-back -back exits um back then 
So, or, or when he got hired to be a Lakers assistant. So it's just ironic now, and this is really, this actually even goes back to uh, talking about Miss Richardson earlier. The spotlight gets turned on immensely when you are a person of color and when you have a certain title, so to speak. So again, we didn't care about that. And who knows what these other assistants have been doing? Who knows what Marvin Ham has been doing, okay? Um, and some other ones that uh, Sam Cassell, right? There's other assistants that, and what they've been doing and what's going to come to light for them once, you know, the spotlight is really on them. Is it, does it change who they are as coaches? No. Um, I also believe in second chances. Um, also being a, a, a girl dad as well. Um, if that, if he molested my, and I'm not saying he did, or did something wrong against my Alea, I would really feel some type of way. I probably definitely wouldn't cheer for that team, but he didn't. Um, and everyone deserves a second chance. We've all done something wrong, no matter how egregious you may say it may have been. Um, but if that man has done right since then, who hasn't fallen down and gotten back up, right? Um, and so we let it be. Um, this happened back before a pre-pandemic, um, pre-before we get went into college, pre-before some of us were chained up. Like, all this happened way before then. But again, if you have a shovel and you start digging, you're going to find something. Um, but how do you respond? And I, it sounds like they want Chauncey to respond on the floor. Um, and I don't know about Jason yet, but they want Chauncey to do it on the floor. Okay. I'm t- I've looked at this at a whole different lens. Like I agree 100% with what each of you guys are saying, but just hearing all this, just the timing in which all of this had came out and the hype that Becky Hammond got as far as being a candidate for a head coaching job. It makes me wonder, it's like if Becky Hammond were Teresa Witherspoon, same situation. She's currently an assistant coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. So if this was Teresa Witherspoon looking for a head coaching job, would this same energy be kept as far as to why Billups and Kid, you know, should have these jobs. Why right? would we bring the same thing up if this was Teresa Witherspoon out here interviewing for these jobs as opposed to Becky Hammond? That's kind of how I, I'm looking at it from a, I hate to say it, but it's from a racial standpoint. Now, I'm in no shape or form condoning any sort of violence towards women. I feel that if you did what you did, you made your mistake, you deserve whatever punishment that comes with it. And I also do believe in second chances. And I also do believe, let's just be honest, Chauncey and, and Jason Kidd, Jason Kidd just won a title as an assistant coach just last season. So you knew he was at some point going to be due for another head coaching job. Chauncey Bills was doing what he was doing for the LA Clippers. You knew at some point he was going to be due up to possibly land a head coaching job. Beck Hammond, as great as she's been for the past seven years, we do live in a microwave society. And the last time I checked, the San Antonio Spurs haven't been in the playoffs within the past two seasons. So maybe that could be a reason that maybe she got overlooked for these jobs. And plus, there's still jobs that they're still opening. The Magic still haven't found a coach. The Pelicans still haven't found a coach. And I believe the Washington Wizards still haven't found a coach. So that's still a very, very good chance that Becky Hammond could land a head coach and get. Just, I'm just saying. So. No, and, and my, 
totally appreciate. I know we got to move on, but I definitely appreciate that that point of view, uh, Trevor. Because I, I mean, there's been so much like you know, talk on Twitter, talk on social media, talks in in the media, like why Becky Hammond didn't get this job, why shouldn't he get this job, like let things play out. I think we get so frustrated when things don't go our specific way, or if we have a recommendation about something or about who should get a coaching position here or who should get a, a, a job here, and you know, when that name isn't, you know. You know, if that person isn't hired, you're like, oh, well, why didn't do this? Like to your point, Trevor. Like, there's plenty other job openings that's you know that that will that will come available. Greg Popovich, we all know he ain't on coast till he's 95. I'm pretty sure he's he retiring soon. But again, Trevor, a point that you just brought up: the Spurs hadn't looked good in two years. Like, not even just missed the playoffs; they hadn't legit looked good in quite some time. That could be a reason why you didn't get a look. I totally agree with you there. And I think it's also a part of the microwave society we moved in. Like women coaches are just now, or women in professional coach uh, leagues are starting to become a thing. Hell, we still got trouble getting black men jobs who actually played in the damn league. <laughs> we got we got a problem with, with with black coaches getting in the NFL. So for like women, it's like y'all. I'm not to say y'all got to be patient, but damn it, y'all got to be a little patient. <laughs> like, we, we still trying to we still trying to get our thing, our bag out here, too. So it's like they compete with us. But I kind of I, I get what y'all saying. Beckham should have a job eventually. But the Spurs ain't been good. Let's let's see where let's see where it goes. Yeah, so there's still there's still three 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 job openings, three got three teams that have not hired a head coach yet. So it's very well. Um, it's very well possible. So from one of those teams that's still looking for a head coach uh, to a guy who we thought was going to be leaving this city to go coach this team, <laughs> but unfortunately he isn't, I'm going to throw it up to my guy, Skylar, and he's just going to take it away from me. That's not checkers. <laughs> exactly, too. Exactly. So I think was it about a week ago, I think as we were closing the podcast, I was like, look, there's going to be some big news coming out of the Memphis Tiger program, you know, and as I said that, I think literally, so what in my head, what I was thinking, you know, what that news was going to be, you know, not much happened on that, on that front of it. Um, but, you know, there was a report come out from Shams or from several different reporters that, you know, Penny Hardaway had interviewed for the Orlando Magic job that, you know, that he was a top candidate and things like that. Um, and so, you know, as the week, you know, as the as the days went on, as the week, you know, kind of and um, as the week ended, we all saw that Penny Hardaway got on Instagram, said that he wasn't going anywhere, said that he was going to um, going to return as the, you know, the head coach of the Memphis Tigers basketball team. And shortly thereafter, um, there was also news that <laughs> there was also news that Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tiger basketball team is going to bring on um, crap. His name is leaving my head right now. It's going to bring Brown. on Larry Brown. Brown. Yeah, there we go. It's going to bring on Larry Brown as the assistant coach. Um, so definitely want to get you guys' perspective on that. Definitely get you guys' perspective on the new recruit um, that just committed on yesterday um, by the name of Noah Bachelor. Um, he did commit to the University of Memphis as well. Um, and then also really quickly, uh, Memphis was um, on a top recruit, Jalen Duren. Um, They were on his final four list, who was, I think, maybe top one or maybe two uh, players in the 2022 um, class that is uh, potentially going to reclassify as well. So I know there's a lot of things that we could potentially talk about for the Memphis Tigers, but you guys can definitely take it however you want to. Uh, but definitely, uh, I think let's switch it up a little bit. Let's go to 
she trevor and then i'll close out you know what like what did this week look like for the uh for the european program was it good news was it bad uh publicity or things like that so what do you guys think or even you know mr larry brown who's 80 years old uh yeah so you guys can bring that up as well <laughs> Hey, this is great news for the University of Memphis. Like I said, simply said, chess, not checkers. Penny Hardaway knew exactly what he's doing. We've been hearing reports almost damn near since he's been hired about how he wanted to work uh, with Larry Brown. So the fact that he actually gets this opportunity, the fact that Larry Brown, a Hall of Fame coach, will be, uh, you know, his right-hand man will help Penny in so many aspects. And not only that, it's just another recruiting tool for, 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 the, for the college athletes. Like, if we trying to get the number two, you know, player in the, in the nation in 2022, having Larry Brown right there, who's done it, who's played with some of the best, the best players, who's played with, you know, Allen Iverson, who, in my opinion, the number one figurehead culturally, uh, the basketball has ever seen. Like Larry Brown helped coach him to a championship. So the the the, the pedigree that, and he also he was with Houston. He was with Houston. They didn't they didn't do too bad. For, oh, for, Iverson in the championship. I mean, he got them to the finals, and then they win a game. Okay. I do that shit. They, they, they won a game. They won a game. But then something everybody else I got you. <laughs> but no, <laughs> but no, like I said, just to have that pedigree, somebody who who didn't do so bad at Houston, even at the age he is, I think it just makes us that much better, that much professional. And shout out to Coach Savage for you know his recommendation on Penny going after these private league shooters and I think we finally got one so let's get a couple more and let, let, let's do our thing <laughs> yeah um you, you say go ahead or you yeah no, no it's, it's, it's on you yeah, it's okay my fault yeah um so to me the bigger news wasn't about um Penny not going to Orlando. I'll be honest. I don't. I I've said it on this podcast before. I don't think Penny's ready to be a head coach, realistically, in college sports like this, uh, let alone in the NBA at the NBA level. Um, and so to get the talent of um, God, not my name, not has slipped my mind. Uh, former coach of SMU, Larry Brown, Larry Brown. Um, <laughs> is is now like his assistant, right? So like one of the things that I think hindered Penny was like the in the moment making adjustments what to do whereas like defensively they're always ready he's always got them really conditioned and ready to go but in the game making those small x's and o's type deal i think larry brown has done this for decades um and like you said brought the eastern conference championship um to the 76ers with ai and the only team to really beat the lakers um in in la that year but he has the pedigree to also put people in the league right um and he knows what it takes to put people in the league so this is a great move um by penny by u of m i don't know what took penny so long to make that announcement but i feel like he was outside uh right out I'll here okay um right here i'm on mariah recruiting some players as he was making that announcement um <laughs> to get more people in and i just love it i love it for the city of memphis um i just feel like how Memphis, man, you could have been down and out if you were a Memphian, but the moment you heard that news, it just elevated your spirits. Because if you're a part of Memphis and the culture of Memphis, having Penny stay is huge, huge. But I also didn't think he was going anywhere either. Um, and then also helps him cultivate the talent with Larry Brown, like I said, the X and O's. Everything else, Penny's got, he's put together three years of some good service, but the small, minute changes that happen in the game, in the moment, Stuff that Larry Brown can help him and slow down the game. 
this happens. Um, and I look forward to how that happens for us um, and the University of Memphis moving forward. Yeah, and last time I checked, Larry Brown is still the only coach in history to win both an NBA championship and an NCAA right. championship. So I'm pretty sure he knows a thing or two about X's and O's, which is exactly what Penny was looking for the moment he got hired. Uh, I'm going to take this from a recruiting standpoint. I kind of like what Penny is doing recruiting-wise as far as trying to institute a more NBA-centric style offense and uh, adding more space and adding more shooting, which is why I was I got to commend Savage for him putting it out there and saying, hey, you need to go get these private school snipers, these guys that can really shoot the three ball because – that's going to be helpful with uh, the rest of the talent that you're going to have. And it's going to provide more spacing, which is going to help everyone else operate. So I kind of like, uh, like that aspect. And this is Penny's way of selling the NBA to potential recruits. Like, Hey, I I'm, I'm a head coach. I was a superstar in the NBA. You have Larry Brown who's coached in the NBA, who's won a championship in the NBA. So if anybody knows how to get to the NBA, it's going to be the two of us. And I believe right now, if I'm not mistaken, at this point, we have the uh, second, the seventh, I mean, best recruiting mm-hmm. class in the nation right now. So, and that's without, uh, I think, a couple of other recruits that are still haven't announced yet that does have Memphis in their final four or whatever. So, I'm excited for the city. I'm excited for uh, Tigers, the Tigers. I'm definitely going to try to look and get season tickets as soon as they're available. Like, I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I ain't got it like that, but hey, if I can get a decent seat for a decent price, I'm in there. Plus, just one last day, like one of my um and if nothing else, I definitely want to see the matchup with Houston because my uh one of my closest friends, uh his nephew uh transferred to Houston. He played at um California Bakersfield um prior to and now he's using his last year. Eligibility, he'll be at Houston. He's actually pretty good. I think he averaged like 17, 6, and 5 uh, at UC Bakerfield. So, if, if anything else, I'll definitely be at the Houston game. So, uh, I'm excited. That's that's all I'm going to say. So, yeah, sure. Good take on that. Appreciate you bringing up the recruiting aspect of it. Um, before I start, I definitely want to, you know, give shots to, I think they're in town media on Twitter. Uh, for kind of, you know, being the true reliable source when it kind of came to all this. Um, I was already of this, the mindset that, you know, when the when the news came out that Penny Harder was, was you know, at least interviewing for the Orlando Magic job, I kind of knew that he wasn't going anywhere. But at that time, I was saying that that source or someone, you know, maybe it was John Calipari or some other coach that probably rivaled Memphis that put the report out there. I, I just didn't believe it because – yeah, I mean, Shams put it out there, but not so many other people outside of Shams put it out there. Like, Wolves didn't put it out there. Like, ESPN wasn't covering that much. And so I said, well, something about that isn't right. So then when the news, when he goes on Instagram and says that he's coming back, follow right immediately after the fact that, um, that you know, Larry Brown is the, the assistant coach, that, to my in my, my honest opinion, that, that has everything to do with Penny Hardaway. Penny Hardaway, my honest opinion, put that all out there. The reason he waited so long in Sharky is because he wanted Larry Brown as his coach. And, you know, he was that. I mean, this was talks, you know, years ago when they when he wanted to be uh, that he wanted Larry Brown as the coach. Memphis denied him of that. Um, and, you know, there was talks about it again, you know, after the season ended that he wanted him again. And I believe that Memphis wasn't willing to, um, you know, let him do that. And so he said, OK, well, you know, if you won't let me get the assistant coach that I want to get. 
let me, you know, put this little report out here too that says, you know, that I'm, you know, that I'm interviewing for the Atlanta Magic position coach, which he was. He did an interview for it, but I don't think there was much, you know, consideration from him as far as, you know, how deep, you know, how, how, you know, how much he wanted to consider doing it. It was all because he wanted, you know, he wanted to flex. He wanted to say, I want to be able to do, you know, exactly what I want to do. And if you guys won't let me do that, then, you know, then I'll just, then I'll just leave. So shout out to Penny Hardaway for, you know, being able to flex like that, that he did. Um, but then also, I think, you know, I think, again, to what you just said, Trevor, like, I think, you know, this is huge for the recruiting trails that he also got, that he was also able to get Larry Brown, like um, Noah Bachelor, who just committed um, yesterday, literally brought, you know, the fact that they hired Larry Brown in a recent interview saying that, you know, that like, I, you know, I grew up watching Allen Iverson, you know, Allen Iverson, you know, loved Larry Brown. He loved, you know, the, his coaching style. And that what that's what led you know him committing to the University of Memphis. So it's really good for them. And I think we've all said that you know Penny needs that one assistant on his staff that can really you know help him when it comes to you know late game situations, being able to get players open. Um, because we've seen that from time to time that Penny Hardaway he's been out coached before by some of these you know whether it's Kelvin Sampson at Houston or you know whether it was you know I don't heck if it was Coach K at Duke whatever the case may be he kind of needed somebody on his staff with some you know with some prestige somebody with some history to kind of you know get him over the hump and I don't think there was any more of a better hire than you know than than Larry Brown now granted eh, Larry Brown's a little up there in age but hey I mean if he's going to help you know Penny Hardaway get to um to get to um, get to the NCAA tournament and to, you know help you know Penny get to his dream of bringing a national championship to Memphis then, hey, then I'm all for it. So I was glad to see that. I think this was all good publicity uh, for the University of Memphis because nobody else was in the news like that. No other college basketball program was in the news as much as U, U, U of M has been, not even just over the past week, but over the past several weeks, whether that was Penny Hardaway, whether that was Larry Brown, and even when it comes to recruits, like they're in, again, they're still in, you know, still in the play. I, I mentioned Jalen Duren, who, you know, he he mentioned Memphis as his, you know, one of his top um destinations for when he graduates uh for when he um graduates high school and i think the g league is also up there too but he definitely has memphis as a serious play um going into next year so um it was really good for uh it was a really good week for the uh, for the memphis program so i can't wait to see what the university uh what the, what the team looks like next year go ahead and I, and I and if i can no you call me sharky you can call me sharky that's okay um <laughs> And if I could add to like what you talked about already, um, also the girls basketball team um, Agreed. been doing some movement too yes. uh, behind some not really close doors. Let's open up these doors, right, um, and give some more uh, to your point prestige to our women as well um, that are doing well. So it's been a great month um, as a University of Tigers fan. Um, as we switch gears now into you know what's been going on that's taking up hold of our TV lately, um, switching over to Took and talk about this NBA man. Let's get it. Let's get it. Of course, <laughs> NBA Finals, man. Uh, Suns beat the Clippers in six, and the Bucks beat the. Uh, da, 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 da. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. God damn it! I'm having a brain fart. Oh. Oh, welcome welcome to it, man. I would have played. <laughs> <laughs> and I should have known, right? But now, nah, uh, both won in Game Six, so we got the Bucks versus the Suns in the NBA Finals. Who would have known? Um, definitely want to get you all's reactions. Uh, how y'all thought each series went? You know what I'm saying? How y'all think the Clippers did, even though they lost? How y'all think the Hawks could get better um, over the next season, especially with the explosion of, of the Trey Young effect, right? Like a lot of us kind of wrote him off, and he did his thing this way also. Uh, Trev, we start off with you, Trev, Lito, and, and, uh, and Sharky. <laughs> and Sharky. 
Uh, how do I say? How do y'all feel about the NBA Finals and about the teams that lost? How do y'all think that they? Uh, what do y'all think they can do to get better over the offseason? Okay, I'll start in the East first, and I'm I'm upset with the Milwaukee Bucks right now because each and every time I always break commandment number two of "Let's be real." When someone shows you who they are, believe them. And I f- fell for for the smoking screen when they swept Miami, and I thought they was gonna lose to Brooklyn. Then the Bucks come out and win game seven in, in dramatic fashion. And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to handle the Hawks in five. And then they just completely lay an egg. I believe it was game. What game was it? Game four, actually. I think that was a game without Trey Young. Uh, I think it was yeah, game that, four. When they tied it up 2 2, you're right. Yeah, it was game four without Trey Young. I'm like, okay, this is a prime opportunity for them to close it out. And. It's, they, they, as they always say, they play with their food too much. They, they don't come out and just smack the teams that they're supposed to smack, or they don't seize the moment enough for me. I think they've done so probably in game six and seven, but it could have been done in a much easier way. I mean, it could have been done sooner, for that matter. Um, kudos to the Hawks um, on an amazing season. Um, it just came up short because of injuries. Injuries has happened to everybody at this point in the NBA. Um, we'll see what they look like next season when they're actually fully healthy. And we know they we know they have something now with Cam Reddish. We'll see what they look like when DeAndre Hunter gets back, who was uh part of their rotation as well. Uh switching things to the West. I had a feeling Phoenix was gonna close out the Clippers at some point. Um I'm happy that Chris Paul's in the finals. So let's just hope that that pays up. But as far as the Clippers is concerned, they have a really interesting, I wouldn't say interesting. They have to make a decision now, either between Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, because it's I it's one hundred thousand percent with that, and that's the same thing I said last nope. season. I'm t- let me let me tell you why. Because when Kawhi Leonard went down, the Clippers became a completely different team with Paul George at the helm, and that's how he was able to even the, get the Clippers the two games that they got in. That's how they were able to close out Utah. Like they look so much better with Ty Lue in this five-out offense, and you just give Paul George the ball and just let him go be himself. Like Paul George is in is at his best when he's there by himself and he's allowed, and coaches are telling him, like, hey, do you. When he has another person alongside of him that is just as good as him or possibly better, then he's going to defer. So, yeah, exactly. Like what Savage said, you were able to get the production you got from Reggie Jackson, who's on his way to a big payday. You got the production that you got from Terrence Mann. Or they got shorter. <laughs> you got the production you was able to get from uh, even DeMarcus Cousins. And this was all with just Paul George at the helm. And this is with the offense that Ty Lue instituted that he brought in with Cleveland where he was doing it with LeBron and Kyrie. Kawhi definitely takes away from that because Kawhi is the type of guy where in a half-court setting, you just give him the ball and just let him go get his and go dominate. And with him and George out there at the same time, it throws it throws off Paul George's rhythm because now Paul George has to figure out, okay, what spot can I get mines in as opposed to what happened when Kawhi Leonard actually went out. So honestly, going forward, the Clippers are actually better without Kawhi. I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, and blasphemy, blasphemy, four, four spots. I don't, I don't see how a no, team no. without a top five player gets better. 
Like, nah, man. No, I'm telling you, if, if you you run it back with this team as is, just pray that Kawhi opts out, and you put some pieces around Paul George, and just let Paul uh, George. So, so Paul is George. this the episode that y'all give Paul George's flowers? Because I was right about him last year. I think we all gave him his flowers for what he does. No, right? y'all did not. No, 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 no. no. Y'all I, I, it up. I, y'all want to break that up. Send him away. Send trade him now. Trade him now. Even after, after, the, playoff, after the play after the playoffs he had, yes, we were talking about that possibly trading him. But now, no. yeah, I, I, I'm I'm in it. But now I'm like, you might want to part with. You might have to look to part with Kawhi Leonard, and because the style of the style that Kawhi plays in that half court setting as to give me the ball, let me go get mines. It clashes with Paul George and it just doesn't work. So four destinations that Kawhi Leonard could actually go to, to where that team becomes a championship team. She get ready to be happy because the top of that list is the Miami heat. That's first. Number two, meta make me happy. No, it won't make you happy unless you like the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, that's another team. You got to get Ben Simmons up out of there. Um, third would actually be Savage's team. I know he's all over the chat. Savage's team, the New York Knicks, because Tom Timberlake likes to run a half court style offense. And fourth, and honestly, the Portland Trail Blazers with Dane. Um, yeah, you give give somebody that can actually play in a half court setting alongside Dame, so that way Dame is not always having the one to make all the plays that you make. But, um, yeah, the Clippers are just at this point, they're sold on the high of, well, if we had Kawhi Leonard, we probably would be in the finals right now. But let's just be real. If you had Kawhi Leonard, you wouldn't gotten the play from Paul George that you've gotten without him. So, but I'll leave it at this. It should be a a great finals. Sharky is 100% right here. Uh, Criticize players when they deserve it. You give them credit when they deserve it. It's just that simple. But. I was going to say it like this. It should be a great series, but I have Phoenix in six. I just think that Milwaukee plays with their food too much. And at this point, with I know what Drew Holiday can do. I know what Chris Middleton can do. But I think it's destiny at this point. Chris Paul is going to be holding that trophy. Uh, That's a strong word, right? destiny. Buddy. It's destiny at this point. So I know I took up most of the time, but I'm going to let you guys uh, <laughs> go. Um, pretty much so, but whoever was next, was it me? I think okay, so. Cool. All right. Um, so looking at the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, took I think we picked Bucks in seven for exactly what Trevor just said. You know, Milwaukee doesn't. You know, they'll walk into games like okay, yeah, we kind of know we're the better team, but you know, they they have those moments and they have those times where they just like. I mean, we are here. We got Giannis. We'll just have Giannis, you know, airball a couple of threes. We'll have Giannis, you know, airball some free throws. We'll have Chris Middleton shoot like six of 17 um, and, and, and things like that. And we'll have Mike Budenholzer, you know, you know, not make adjustments or, you know, not get into his team when they are, you know, making defensive rotations and things like that. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to be the one for, you know, to make excuses for anybody, but the Atlanta Hawks, you know, terribly missed Trey Young. Terribly missed. And if, you know, if Trey Young doesn't go down and what was the game for this at, at minimum goes to game seven at minimum goes to game seven. And the reason, you know, what, what frustrates me with Milwaukee is the fact that, you know, in that game, 
um, in that same game, was it was it that game that, that Giannis went down to? They were only down ten points. Yeah, and still Chris Middleton. Oh, sorry, game five. Chris Middleton, you know, didn't show up. He didn't make. You know, he didn't step up. Drew Holiday was. You know, he was off. They didn't make. You know, any defense adjustments. Like they had freaking Bogdanovich. You know, going off for twenty points. Who literally for like four or five games couldn't miss. <laughs> okay, okay, Savage. Here we go. <laughs> you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm gonna give them credit, but it goes into you know my frustration with the Milwaukee Bucks, and you know I'm just gonna say it. Like I think they're a product of you know injuries. Like you know the Brooklyn Nets, you know they had injuries to Kyrie Irving and James Harden. You know, they, I mean, I'm I'm being real here. Like that's real. Wow, we being real. If Kyrie play, we're not talking about the Bucks. That's right? why, why we here. So, here. so you know, they had I'll, let y'all talk. I'll let y'all talk. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the credit, but it, it goes into why I'm going to, you know, have my pick um, for the finals. It's just Milwaukee to me is very frustrating. Um, you know, I still don't believe in Mike Budenholzer. I don't I really didn't see, you know, any adjustments that they made. I, the only thing that, you know, that that changed from game four to game six was the fact that Trey Young was hurt. To be completely honest with you. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they won. They they won the Eastern Conference at the end of the day. You know, they stood, you know, they stood there longer than anybody else did. So, you know, give them kudos for that. As far as the Western Conference is, is concerned, I mean, none of us really picked. I don't really I never it's at any point gave the Clippers a chance to win that series. Um, it, I mean, Paul George looked good at times. He also looked very bad at times because, I mean, you know, he had his 30, 40, you know, four point games, but he. You know, he also had his games where he shot less than 25 or 35 percent, which is pretty terrible. So to your point, Trevor, like I'm not sure if, you know, letting quite walk and saying, Paul George, this is your team. I'm not sure if that's sustainable for 82 games. I'm not sure if that's possible. I'm not sure if what Reggie Jackson gave you in that playoff series is something that he can give you over an 82 game stretch season. I don't know sure if that's possible. Um, but again, shout out to the um, shout out to the Suns for you know you know standing there you know regardless of everybody else having injuries, they were able to you know put everything together and, you know make it to the finals. The biggest question for me, and I still don't have an answer as to you know who would win the finals because I'm not sure what version of Giannis that the Milwaukee Bucks are getting and when he comes back. We still don't know when he's coming back. We don't know if he's going to miss a game or two. We don't know if he's going to be there for Game One on tomorrow. Um, and so because I'm unsure of any of that, I'm going to go with Phoenix in seven. Giannis comes back at some point, but I think because Giannis potentially misses a game or two, I think those are games that Phoenix will take. Giannis will come back, but I think it would be a little too late. So I'm going to go with Phoenix in seven. I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, so... I, I I wrote it down. I didn't even want to speak while you were speaking because I want to make sure I gave you your time before you cussed me out like you cuss out too. Um, so we talk about injuries. And what if injuries didn't happen, right? You would say that, you know, the Nets would have won the series. Well, who's to say LeBron and AD don't win their series against the Suns? Who's to say that the, the Nuggets don't win that series against the Suns. Who's to say right. that the oh no 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 Who's to say the Clippers don't win the series with Kawhi? What happened happened. It is what it is. They are where they are, and the Suns deserve all the credit they did. I had to write down like, okay, the Suns beat the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers. But this isn't about them right now. We're actually talking about the teams that lost first. Kudos to the Clippers for getting them where they at, where they got. Um, it is what it is. Um, they're never going to be. A title contender yet i think they got to figure it out trevor i think you hit on a good point 
this team is better with uh, Paul George as being like your number one option, so to speak, um, and then see how you can maneuver without uh, Kawhi. Um, but it's also body language, too. Paul George wants to be in L.A. I haven't really seen that with Kawhi, but I know speculation is what it is. Um, with when that. Do you, you actually expect some kind of reaction, period, out of Kawhi? I expect he's a robot. He doesn't have emotions. I expect Kawhi to be down there with this team. I expect Kawhi to do. There are a few things I expect you to be as a teammate, as a person that's supposed to be a part of a sports team to be a part of. Yes. So I'm asking. I'm not asking him to like cheer and be happy. No, I, I agree. He is a robot. Um, but there are a few things I do expect. But we talk about that was the Clippers, the Hawks, the Hawks had one of the best seasons uh, playoff runs that we've ever seen in a very long time. Like, go back 20 years, 21 years. We haven't seen a run like this with a team like that. Name an all-star off that team. Trey Young wasn't one. Name an all-NBA player off that team. No one was all-NBA. No one was all-defensive team. No one was all-NBA first, second, or third team on that team. And they went, to your point, barring injuries, could have took this team to seven games um, for the Bucks, but it didn't happen. And kudos to the Hawks organization. Please get rid of that interim term on Nate McMillan. And for everyone else that has not been paying attention, let me repeat this. What the Hawks did for Trey Young, you should probably listen and do the same thing because you never know when James Harden can go down. You never know when Paul George can go down. You never know when LeBron can go down. You never know when your year is. So that's why sometimes, too, no offense, I hate that, that word rebuilding because who knows when it's really your shot to go right here and now. Like, this could have been the Grizzlies' year to win in the finals, period. It could have been. Um, and, and, you know, it just, you know, cars didn't fall into place. So kudos to those two teams for making it as far as they did because at the beginning of this season, we can honestly say – we didn't see the Hawks going all the way to East Conference Finals, let alone being a fifth seed in the East. We may have, you know, loosened some feathers about the Clippers being, you know, West Conference Finals, at least in the top four possibly to end the year, but we didn't see that. Now, to the point of the actual series, the Suns are great. The Bucks are great. Um, the Bucks are better without Giannis. I keep saying that time and time again. This team is better without Giannis. What the hell is wrong with y'all today? Is this the less real? Are we doing it's, a? Are we doing Charlotte now already? I, I didn't say it now. Go ahead and finish it. Go ahead and finish it. Okay, thank you. Um, this team, it's about spacing. When they can space the floor better without Giannis in there, they're better. He's not a defensive player of the year. We all agree to that. He's a defensive help player of the year, um, and so he plays really great help defense. Remember how many times he played against Durant? Or how many guards? How many times did he guard Kobe, LeBron, all these other players? So he hasn't done that. Um, but as I'm about to go get my daughter here in a moment, I will say this about the series. The series is going to be great. It's going to be needed because there's two small market teams basically in the finals. We have never yet to see this in the past like 20, 21 years. I'm going to give it to the Bucks. I hope Giannis does not come back. I hope the Bucks win in six. I'm gonna leave it at that and pass over. To who's next? Excuse me. Unfortunately, it's me, but I ain't got no trolls to give y'all today. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's be real, listeners. I really am. Like the Bucks are better without their MVP, without the best big man in the league. Like, come on, man. I hate he having to go get his daughter. I, 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 
I can see it. I can <laughs> see it. Their spacing is better. Their spacing is better. So, so, so they they'll, they'll be in the NBA Finals if Giannis went there. Would they have got here without Giannis? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. I ain't no problem about it. Hell no about it. So <laughs> that's about the bus. The Clippers, we can debate that one all day, but hell no, they're not a better team without Kawhi. Uh, they, I think they. All right. I guess we'll. I guess. I guess we we'll, we'll know. I honestly feel if the Clippers are going to at least stay close to playoff contention, because I don't think they'll get here ever again if this far in the playoffs ever again. But to even come close to replicating that, I disagree with that. I disagree with that because we saw the coaching that Tyloo can actually do. Like <laughs> Tyloo is a great coach, and we see him. Yeah, like he's a, a great, he's a great coach. But you have to remember his championship in Cleveland. They ran a five out style offense, mm-hmm. which caters more to Paul George more so than Kawhi Leonard. That's why I said you you put Paul George at the helm. You put four guys around and try to re- try to recreate those teams in Indiana per se, and they're still somewhat in the hunt. It doesn't get them over the hump, but it's like no. they're still in the hunt. At least you're still in a hunt, and Kawhi will put you over the hump. But that's neither here nor there. Let's debate that one another day. Uh, with the Hawks, um, let's get healthy with them. Uh, we saw what Trey Young could do. He can take over the league, and you know they 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 can do their thing. But I mean, simply said. Simply said, I, I can I can give a demonstration of how I feel about this NBA Finals. Give me one second, gentlemen. We got a, you know what I'm saying. We got some bucks right here. You know what I'm saying. Let's let's get to let's get to sweeping some bucks, y'all. Let's get to sweeping some bucks. If it won't be four, it'll be five because I'm a gentleman. So that's how I feel. It'll be four. If not a sweep, it'll be a five. We don't know when Giannis come back. And like y'all said, apparently they play better with Giannis. So, hey, y'all see I mean, me holding this room right see, here? See game six. I mean, see game six of the uh, – well, actually five and six, honestly, of uh, the Hawks series. You really calling the sweep, though? That's- four or five. Four or five. Four or five. All right, right I'm take a picture, right. and you know we finna be turned out here in Phoenix. That's all I got, fellas. All right, let's <laughs> let's just go to L of the month, man. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I am so not sorry for what I've said um, so far. Well, neither um, am I, David. Neither am I. I, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I'm so I know I said Bucks. I'm sorry, Trevor. What did you say? Who's gonna win the finals? Because I know I those said- two said. I so. said, I said, I said, Phoenix and six. Okay, so I think, I think, I, I think it'll be a good series, but I think, to Skylar's point, I think Giannis comes back too late at this point, and it's gonna throw everything off. So that's why I'm giving Phoenix the edge in six. Okay, no, that's that's fair. Um, yeah. I'll I'll stick with the Bucks. Like I got and uh, if Giannis come back, I need a bigger room. I'm a, <laughs> I I did text him and told him I felt like the winner of that series of the Bucks and Heat should win. Uh, the actual final, so I'm gonna stick with my pick and say the Bucks um, in six. Um, but right now, switching to our L of the month. Um, for those again that don't know, I'm gonna do this every month. Um, but I'm gonna give us our candidates and have us give it a chance to before you become L of the month, girl. Um, for you know who, because she just boo boo, so she might she might <laughs> go and hold that L. Um, and so we have Scotty Pippen for his um, Scotty outtakes. Um, the crowd, speaking of the Hawks, the ATL crowd, 
Um, we have the Memphis versus Nashville debate, which I don't believe needs to be a debate at all. But we'll talk about that here in a moment. Um, and then Trevor, can you open us up about the other one that we have for Eleven Month, please? Uh, which one was there? An uh, additional one? Let me see. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can wow. hear you. No, I can hear you. I was just checking. I think those were the only three. Um, those were the only three. Scotty Pippen, the uh, Braves. I mean, not the Braves, the Hawks and uh, Phillips or State Farm Arena. And then uh, the guy who the Memphis versus Nashville thing. I think those were the only three. Let's add some content to the Hawks one real quick. What exactly about the Hawks? All right. So I believe this was game three. I think it was game three. So you have this was during the timeout. I think the Hawks were up by four. So you have Crime Mob in the building. Ah, that one. Okay, okay, okay. Performing, okay. performing the Black National Anthem, if you will. Knuck if you buck. <laughs> and I believe you have two chains in the house. You have Cam Newton in the house. Oh, they live. Bevy, bevy of other people in the house. And it is dead silent in State Farm Arena as Crime Mob is performing. Knuck if you buck. All that's right. why so, that's why they're on the list so uh, uh with atlanta i don't know if we want to add this one or make this one a separate l because i do have another one real quick speaking of atlanta hip-hop uh kevin harder so they had like a, a atlanta hip-hop playoffs right as the uh as they were in the conference finals on the scale on the uh, scale on the um megatron and kevin harder chose rich the kid over outcast and like the atlanta hogs crowd booed the hell out of them so if you want to add hoarder to that list, gentlemen, I don't know how y'all feel about that, but I think that's an L in itself. Like Rich the Kid over Outkast for Atlanta hip hop supremacy. Uh, now, nah, I mean, we can, but I also don't think we can get mad at Red Velvet because, I mean, he was again part of that crowd that was born in 98, 99, maybe. Um, who hasn't, let's be, let, let's be real, Outkast hasn't made. Outcast to make so fresh, so clean two or three years ago. So, I mean, he knows what he knows. Um, unfortunately, whatever he his iPod is still listening to is what he's listening to. But um, yeah. I would say, yeah, before we add that, this is go well, we can add that. Um, and just we'll add it. about that, we'll, we'll add it just, just for just for <laughs> just for giggles, we'll add it. <laughs> um, so I guess from the list that we have, um, I think you have to go with Atlanta. To your point, Trevor, like that's a song that I don't care if you are, you know, at a Greek picnic. I don't care if you are, you know, at a family reunion. I don't care if it's the first Sunday of church. If Nuck If You Book is played, there is a form of reaction that's going to come from some black person within that crowd instantly. And for there to have been, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 people at State Farm Arena, and for no one to be, you know, for there, for there to have, you know, no one to have a reaction whatsoever, that deserves an L. Especially, I, you know, I'll see, you know, if this, if we got this reaction from, you know, fans in, you know, Phoenix, or if you got this reaction from fans in, I don't know, Dallas, whatever the case may be. But this is Atlanta. This is where, you know, this is this is the home of Magic City. This is where, you know. This is the black. This is the black capital in Atlanta, too, and nobody has a reaction. That's pretty bad. So I'm going to, you know, that's my L. But even if I could throw an honorable mention in there, you know, 
Wingstop or Thighstop, you know, decided to, you know, um, you know, decided to, I guess, change their name or change, you know, them to stop selling wings and, you know, make the name Thighstop. They should stop doing that is what I will say. So that's my honorable mention, and I'm done after that. <laughs> I think that was the one I was forgetting because I remember Skyler bringing that up. Thank you for reminding me on that one, Skyler, too. Oh, man, if I had to choose one, I'd definitely go to Atlanta route. Like, I'm disappointed in the Greek unity that's out there. Like, where's the Greek unity? We ain't seen nobody strolling as many times we ain't seen a fan on on, on the court. Like, why we ain't seen nobody strolling on the court? Like, this is crime. This is one of the black national anthems. We should at least seen, you know, a, a new shimmy or an alpha train or something. Like, come on, man. Let's, let's get a sit talk going or something, man. AKA going. Like, this is like, yeah. this time of women. Where the Deltas, man? What a <laughs> I'm disappointed in the in the Greek unit. The D nine as a whole, y'all disappointed me in this one. So in a way, we kind of taking it out, right? <laughs> but now, just, just honestly, the whole in Atlanta scenery. Um, the guy who made the the Grizzlies should come to Nashville. Ramfords is a complete idiot, and let's not give him the two cents or the the five seconds that he wants. So. Nah, yeah, Atlanta definitely got the hell of the month for this one. Especially with Kevin Hoarder. Like, like Savage said, hey, y'all, it's playing the White Wings. So is Roses. Have I played Miss Jackson? I haven't played Miss Jackson at the White Wings. Kevin Hurdle. My next one. Kevin Hurdle was born in 98. I think what you call had just came out at there. And he's from. You know about Speaker Box and the Love Below. Ain't no way in hell I'm picking plug talk over there. Speaker Box and Love Below came out in what, 04? 2004, 2005. So that, that man some, was four or five. That, put, that yeah. puts him in like it six or seven. Moses smell like Google and everybody knows that. He's a six or seven year old white kid in Albany, New York. is just all of a sudden going to discover Outcast. Come That's on, true. man. And then he went to the, and then he played his college ball at the University of Maryland. So of course, if anything, yeah. any kind of hip hop, he's going to be put on the DC hip hop. So let's just be let's be real here. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> My elder mud would definitely have to go to uh, Atlanta just for on principle alone. You can't have not only do you have Nucky if you bug being performed and you not really excited or anything. The time in which it was it was being played is is plays a part in this too. Because if you at FedEx form, you're not playing whoop that trick when you only up by four or five in the second quarter. Like you playing that like deep in the fourth quarter to try to get the you know fans excited, get everything hyped. Uh, for whatever the finish is going to be, I mean, it's, I'm just being real. So I'm not going to even acknowledge the guy. He just, he feels what he feels about Nashville. I'm just not going to say that. Scotty Pippen been drinking too much of his whiskey or bourbon, whatever drink he has, and he's trying to sell his book. So that's he just, book. he's he trying to sell his book. Yeah, you. Uh, this uh, Atlanta all the way. You can't have the Black National Anthem playing and not be hyped in some shape or form or fashion. I'm sorry. Atlanta got to hold that L for that one. Yeah, and they're holding that L at, at, at three. A-T-L, right? That L should be capitalized there um, in Atlanta. They won't A-T-L yeah. them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and being someone like, I literally just came from Atlanta, and the, the energy there for game six was electric because it was right after, I think, the Braves actually played a game. And so they had like cleared everything out and they were getting ready uh, for the Hawks game, man. And the energy was crazy. And I guarantee if you play Nuck, if you buck, um, everyone would have known what was what was happening. So for it to happen in the arena the night of that game 
was just it's sad um it's really sad and pathetic um and crime mob is from atl so like <laughs> you couldn't be there for your own artist i i, I don't know I've, I've been around memphis for eight years if any memphis rapper were to come and i'm not telling you to perform a a song off your off one of your cds lps that we may or may not know if one of a memphis rapper came to perform any single that we all know ain't nobody sitting down no matter the color of your skin because you're in memphis right now period point blank that's that, right. that's like if you know if your Gotti performed that's what's up and we literally were just standing there like Exactly. Okay, 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 exactly. Okay, they'll, turn up, they'll turn up to whoop that trick in Nashville, though, apparently. <laughs> Chill out. They don't even know what whoop that trick is. Man, sit down somewhere. Yeah, they ain't whooping nothing. Um, and <laughs> we're just going to leave it at that. I think uh, this is a really, like, close, not even close. This is a clean sweep. This is a real sweep. Um, and letting ATL be known um, as the one that needs to hold the L of the month um, for us. Now, I do want to, before we get done, um, just share a breaking news um, that we haven't shared yet um, earlier, and I apologize. This is year three of LBR, um, and let's be real. And LBR, dang, <laughs> LBR has been amazing. And I don't know if you guys have been, not you guys, but the people that are listening. From year two to year three, what we've been able to accomplish has been unreal. We've added more podcasts. We've added and gone to other regions right now. We got music as a part of the fold now. If you need something, just type in LBR Media and we'll take care of you any way that we can. We're not just sports. We're bigger than sports, which is probably what we kind of started with. But now look at where we're at and look at how much we've grown. So kudos to all of us at LBR for celebrating our third year. Um, Unfortunately, Cap couldn't be here. Um, He's with us. Again, soon to be wife. Um, And all the ones that have been a part of LBR to get us here to three years, right? It's not just Shark. Uh, Savage has been in the comments. Um, the one that's always late. What's his name? He's always late. Um, Ashton. Ashton. Yeah. See, I got that hey, name late too. Hey, mm-hmm. sh- shout out to Ashton though. We, me, him, and Sharky actually went and hooped this past Friday at Trinity, and he, he was getting buckets. So, <laughs> shout out to Ashton for that. I, I got to give good credit where credit is due. So, hey. Yeah, and anything you all want to say about you know it's been three years. Um, so I'll start with two, uh, then go. Trevor and then uh, Skyler, anything you want to say about the three years? I mean, like it, it's been a, a huge blessing for me, literally, to be able to call y'all brothers for real. Like we done been through some trenches that people never know. <laughs> they never know, like especially at the beginning, and then the whole transition, and then COVID happened, and there wasn't no sports content, and like we thrived. It, where there was no there was no sports going on, and we thrived. Like there aren't any other sports podcasts. There weren't any other podcasts, really, period, that can create content like the way that we did. Um, shout out to the listeners that's had our back since day one. Shout out to our new listeners who, who, who's who's catching up right now. And thank you so much for being a part of it. It's uh, definitely, definitely a lot more to come, uh, more podcasts to come, more things outside of podcasts that are, that are coming. And uh, I'm just thankful for y'all, man. Thankful for the opportunity that we were able to create really off a of tweet. So uh, salute to y'all. <laughs> Yeah, these three years have been uh, nothing short of amazing just from the moment I started. Like, I've always had this huge mind for sports since I was a kid. I just really never had anyone to share it with on that aspect, like a legit, like, sports conversation. And then seeing the way that 
Fox and ESPN is going these days, it's just it's not the same as it used to be was growing up. So just the fact that I have you guys here to be able to share this with you guys weekly is 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 nothing short of amazing. Of course, we got other stuff coming. My brain is always working on other stuff. So hey man, let's let's hope the next three years are even bigger for us. That's all I'm hey, saying. Speaking of speaking of Spox before you leave, Lito, we still standing. Y'all hear about that show that you know that's called Let's Be Real, same platform as us, same everything. I ain't heard none about them. So the real gonna prevail. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on, man. No, I was just gonna say that I think, you know, one, it is amazing that it's already been three years. I it literally feels like it's been what a year, year and a half. And that's just, you know, if we were just counting a year, year and a half, that's just, you know, the time of, you know, since we've been all here with COVID. Um, so it's definitely been a fun ride. Um, you know, we've grown from, you know, recording and you know, specific people studios to recording out of our own building to, you know, I think over the past what year, year and a half, maybe even two years, we we've done a lot of this virtually. And I think we've done this without any excuses. We've done this without, you know, without any hesitation. We were always, you know, communicating with each other, figure out what's the best day to record, you know, whether we need to shift and, you know, record on Sundays, we you know, go from Sundays to Saturdays, whatever the case may be, you know, working with y'all has been a breeze, working with y'all has been fun. Um, to your point, too, uh, I was just thinking about that show that was Let's Be Real that was running on Fox, and I haven't seen a single promotion um, about that show since then. So it's just that just means that we're doing something right. We're definitely going about this the right way. I, I'm definitely looking forward to um, three more years, six more years, nine more years, whatever the case may be. We're all either recording from Memphis, Arizona. Some, some of us are moving to Dallas. So I definitely hope that we keep our energy going. Yeah. So, yeah. And as uh, someone that is, was not part of the entire three years of the struggle um, to watch, to see the progression in the past two years um, has been amazing. And like you said, Skylar, recording in certain studios to another, finding an office space to now, you know, virtual being, we're meeting the people where they're at too, right? Like you said, we didn't stop giving content. We gave the people what they wanted. We gave content. Um, we didn't always give the LeBron stories all the time. And we found content. We got the show when we dug. Um, we found out what people wanted to hear. Um, we reacted to what people want. Um, and so kudos to us as we continue to shine. Um, like you said, not just three years, not just six years, but for the rest of our lives doing this thing, because we we're oh, far yeah. from done um, from where we're at. Um, I do want to add this before we get done closing. Um, you talked about, what's his name that's always late again? Ashton. Ashton, <laughs> who, who, who made it. Um, Savage, I'm going to call you out right now. I need you on this Friday or next Friday. Matter of fact, I need both. As a matter of fact, I'm about to go ahead and text your wife right now and let her know she needs to make you free for Friday because I need you to play on Friday. And that's that. Um, but kudos to everybody for listening in and tuning in uh, to LBR. Hope you have a great start to your July. Um, if you celebrated yesterday, congratulations. Um, but if you didn't, also congratulations. Congratulations. You lived another day. Um, you got time with your family. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> let's, let's do it like that. Um, so with that, man, thank you guys for listening. And you guys have a great week. Be easy. Real quick, real quick. Uh, Westbury County second episode is out. I'm debating if I want to do a third one where I got to talk about Devin Bush. I'm really debating because he's been taking a lot of L's lately. I, I really am debating on that. But yeah, episode two is out uh, talking about uh, the new offensive line, Devin Bush's original TikTok tweet, and everything else. So check that out if you have.
Great listen, yeah. So you, you about to say something about the Bucks or a sweep or something like that before we go? <laughs> uh, yeah, this is my guarantee. <laughs> uh, and on that, hey, we're cut. <laughs>